following message is being transmitted at the request of the Boundless Pod Trap Movie Review and the guys of the BPT. What you are about to hear contains spoilers to movies. If you don't want to hear these spoilers, please disengage your listening device at this time. If you can't handle those with a possible differing view on a movie, you may also want to disengage your listening device at this time. Stay tuned for a movie review that only the guys at the Boundless Pod Trap can give you. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages. Cats and dogs. Cats and dogs. We are going to take a trip down the ladder tonight. Oh, I see what you did there. Yeah, we're going to take a trip. I'm going up the ladder. Down Jacob's ladder. (laughs) That's right. We're covering 1990s. Wow. Are you ready for the <laughs> Let's try that again. We're on, we're Quick cut, <laughs> ladies let me, and gentlemen. Let me bring the let me bring the music down first. That way, it doesn't oh. get hushed over. Go again. We're we're covering tonight's 1990s. Jacob's ladder. There ja- it goes. Jacob. Jacob's ladder. That was what a minute in. <laughs> yeah, we got there. We're gonna get there. I always start with the with the the business because I got it ease back a little bit. I don't want to get too excited. And then we go back in. I'll get excited. Start with the business, the business end of the foreplay. The business. Let you know what you're in for. How are you boys? Doing all right. Pretty good. We got a distinct lack of memory tonight. He's uh, got something with his knees going on, but that's okay because I fucked up the original recording and now Jeremy fucked up this recording, but... It's okay because John was going to fuck up this recording. It was. Uh, Jeremy was going to be here, but now Jeremy isn't here. And John John is here. He unfucked it. All right. So you guys follow that because there will be a test at the end. Okay. Well, first, quick quick recap. I fucked it, then Jeremy fucked it, but John was supposed to fuck it, but John unfucked it. And now Jeremy fucked it. And now we're here. I just like to watch. Yeah. (laughs) There's not a lot of hair in this room right now. No, not not at all. (laughs) All right. More on my oh, yeah, he's, face than I guess I yeah and my yeah. balls yeah. I, well he shaved too so he's yeah but it's the, I might have the longest now I think so the, yeah you have the longest hair in the room and it's specifically just on your forehead well I meant the <laughs> the chin <laughs> oh hair. that's there because we were talking about his <laughs> never mind my nuts Finish, are right? on your my forehead ah <laughs> <laughs> uh, and if you're still with us welcome <laughs> <laughs> so Jacob's ladder. <laughs> Morning, his. Let's talk about Elizabeth Pena's nipples. <laughs> we'll get there. Oh, okay. We'll, we'll get there. Good. <laughs> Morning, his dead son, a haunted Vietnam War veteran, attempts to uncover his past while suffering from a severe case of disillusions. To do so, he must decipher reality and life from his own dreams, delusions, and perceptions of death. You know, that be word, like a dissociation, right? <laughs> Dissociation? Oh, no. What? I was like, wait a minute. Yeah, go back in and edit what I said with what John said. You can um, say it your way. I can say it what I, yeah. I don't even remember it's how you said it. It's 2023. I can say it any way I want. That's fair. And it's right. That's fair. So you can, this, you can identify I can identify word, any word as whatever I want. Whatever you want. This movie is listed on a bunch of greats as far as lists goes. Lists. 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 So 1990s, Jacob's Ladder. 
I thought I saw this a lot recently. Than I did. I think the last time I saw it, I was probably like eight years old or so. Yeah, this movie. I saw it when I was thirty-seven. Yeah. For those of you who don't know, this every site you go to, every review you read, everything you're gonna know about this movie, it's gonna decipher. It's gonna say it's a different genre than what it is. Like you're gonna read, it's a drama, it's a horror, it's a mystery, it's a thriller, it's a dark comedy, it's a blah 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 blah. It's a war movie. Just take it with a grain of salt. It's a psychological horror movie. Done. That's what you're getting yourself into. <laughs> There it is. Real quick, yeah, real before quick. we get into this, have you guys seen the second, like the remake? It's I have not. Fucking brutally awful. I saw the Rotten Tomatoes on the remake. And did it I get? Don't want to. Did look it get at higher it. than zero? I was about it to did, check out the trailer. It, it is lower than five. It shouldn't have. <laughs> I saw some images of it, and it looks like it might have been filmed well. It probably just yeah. Didn't capture it, it looks okay, but it's a completely different movie. It's got a four percent from the critics and a thirty-five percent from the viewers. Viewers, you're dumb. Like, in comparison, this one. I know we usually do this, this is, later, but Jacob's it, Ladder, tw- uh, nineteen ninety, has a seventy-two from the critics and an nice. eighty-four from the viewers. So. Well, with the cast, you look at the cast to start out with, and it's amazing. It's got Tim Robbins, Jason Alexander, yes, uh, Elizabeth Pena, like we said in her, her nipples. nipples. <laughs> Matt Craven. Yeah. Pruitt Taylor Pruitt Vince. Taylor Vince. Who's, who's almost amazing. good at Taylor, or, yeah, everything. Taylor Vince. Yeah. Danny A. I could call him Paul because like, that's his character. Vin Rames. Can't forget about Vin Rames. Burt Hinckley. This Macaulay Culkin's first movie. God, is he lo- awful looking. I don't know what it is. <laughs> I think strung out at I, the age I, of five. I look at that guy. Or I look yeah. at Macaulay in this movie and I go, how do people think he was going to be an adorable adult? Well, I think well, this was no, no. no I don't think this him. was well, his first also, movie. I'm going to take that back. But I this, don't think it was, this was pre-Home Alone. Okay, very yes. pre-Home Alone. What was it? Yeah, I think Home Alone was ninety two. Was it ninety four? No, probably films are ninety two. It was we before. Did a, it was before it was this. Nineteen ninety. No, it wasn't. Was it? We did a. Uh, <laughs> was if it? only we had a thing to look up. Look it up. We already did a movie review. Yeah, see, I would know. Well, this one came out before that one. Well, yeah, this because is a Christmas it was, movie. It was much less appealing in this movie wonder, than Home Alone. I wonder when he did real. All right, let's do some reviews. Okay, anyway. Yeah, let's, yeah, let's bust into this. Let's we all kind of come from different... <laughs> we already did that. We already, I know, I'm sad. I wasn't there. Yeah, I know. I was sad, too, because we didn't cover the gate, but that's for a different time. Justin, Selena. let's start with you. <laughs> the person who takes a big drink oh, in this room. Thank you. <laughs> He's like, let's start with you. Well, okay. So I'm going to start off saying that, like I said, the last time I saw this, well, other than like, what, two weeks ago, was when I was about eight years old. And I thought I knew a lot more than what it actually was, but it wasn't. And I was very surprised. What does that mean? I thought I understood it. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. I gotcha. Instead of a, yeah. Like, I thought it was, it was, but it wasn't what it was. Yes. I mean, like... (laughs) I guess my memory doesn't stack up to what I thought it was. Gotcha. Now I'm with you. But I still enjoy this. It's like when you when you look at things like these movies, you know, and you understand them from like the times that they came out, I'm able to shift, you know, and pull myself out and put my my mind into like that time era and then absorb it. I'm like, oh, okay, this is actually really good. But not too much that I want to change on this, which well, we'll we're not there into. yet. Yeah, <laughs> I, I really liked it. And this episode's eight minutes long. <laughs> <laughs> Just yeah. summed it up. <laughs> you'll you'll see a lot of uh, of the fun. I mean, symbology is my playground, as I've said before, and I am definitely going to be stealing a lot of this. I'm sure. And I'll go I'm back sorry. and forth with you because I like this movie. All right, 
I, I give it a 9.5. 9.5? Wow. Yes. That's... Yes. Wow. I'll do mine next since I kind of spoiled mine a little bit. This is one of my favorite cult movies of all time. I picked this with the idea that I didn't know if you guys have seen it. A lot of people haven't. Like I said, it's one of those cult horror movies. This stacks up there psychologically with some of the greats to me. Tim Robbins does so good. And if you don't know what you're expecting coming into this, you get so many mindfuck red herrings. There are things I, I think I would change a little bit, but very few since we already are doing that apparently. But I've, I'm going to give it a high rating, not as high as Justin, but I, I give it a solid eight. Do you want to read Jeremy? I could read Jeremy's. So I only read like the first two sentences of that before I was like, yeah, I'll save it. Um, <laughs> all right. So Jeremy, Jeremy, do you want me to do it in Jeremy's voice? <laughs> no, let's to? keep the mood up. Okay. <laughs> That's, wow. upon, upon my watching it, wait, he does, uh, when he talks sometimes. I know. It, if it's, <laughs> upon my watching of the movie. If it's, um, if he's like, really interested in something like his voice goes higher. Okay. All right. I see. So, okay. <laughs> I'm just going to read it normally here. All right. Jeremy wrote upon watching Jacob's ladder. I soon realized I hadn't seen this movie as I had earlier thought. I think the movie was shot rather well. And there was a couple parts that was extremely unsettling, such as when the train passed him and the older lady is just looking at him from inside the window. Yeah, with no expression creepy. on her face or the part where he almost gets run over by the car as he jumps out of the way and looking out the back window at him is a faceless person. I feel like Jeremy just watched the trailer. I think that's that's just the stuff that's in the trailer. <laughs> I thought this movie was great. Yes. It was really short. One minute and 28 seconds. With that said, this movie was too slow for my liking. It would ramp it up and then take it away soon after only to start that slow build back up. It was like edging, but with no payoff in the end. And speaking of the end, I'm still not quite sure I understand the ending. I'm sure Justin has 347 <laughs> pages of notes just on the ending alone. Was he dying on the operating table and everything we were watching was his mind remembering his life? Yes. Okay. That's my, me saying yes. If so, I don't think it was portrayed very well. So all in all, I'm going to give this a rating right in the middle at five. I didn't hate the movie, but it didn't do anything to make it stand out. On a side note, I love you guys sexually every single night when touching myself <laughs> in bed at my neighbor's apartment while they watch reruns of The Nanny. The Nanny named Brian. <laughs> yes. I believe everything, especially the ending there. But. <laughs> what, Jeremy's ending or? Both. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm along the same lines as Jeremy. I felt like there were some parts where I was like, oh, my God. Like, I was staring at the TV waiting for what was next to happen. But then there were some parts where I was like, okay, can something just happen? Like, I feel like I wanted to take a stick at it and poke it and be like, it was all over the place for me. But I didn't hate it. But I didn't love it. So I'm going to give it a five as well. Which gives us a BPT rating of seven. Yeah. Which is about, which is the, about the viewers, you know. Yeah. Well, that's about as, that's about where I thought we would be. I, I think yeah. I figured was, Justin would would like this. He'd be about where I was at. I feel like I mean, taking the theme of a movie and if you want to say putting the lens of the people or the, the reviews of like going back and forth and stuff, it's like it is pretty much symbolic to Jacob's ladder. It is going back up and yeah. down as far as like when the in the biblical, you know, the angels came up and down through Jacob's dream, and yeah. or I guess he saw so, but. 
I also feel like some parts were legitimately distressing and that that's what helped. That's what got me, you know, those parts are getting me into it, you know, but then there were some things I just like, I just, I don't know. I like some of the visuals, you know, obviously you got to take this for what it is. It's 1990, all these, but I'm curious to see the visuals in the new one. Like how everything was practical in this movie. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Well, and, and the thing is, it's, it's kind of trying to tell three different stories at once with them all trying to coexist, but yet overlap each other in a certain way to pay off the movie with what you already assumed was the truth. I think it's like, well, to, uh, well, see, I already knew that, that going out, into it. It's three, what not, it was, it's but. three different of the same stories. It's just, uh, depending on what part of, it's more like the time frames. His, right. his past is present, his future. Yeah. It's, it's kind of like a quantum leap episode where you're looking at the story through three different sets of eyes, like first person, second person, third person mode, but you see the different characters in different perspectives depending on what mode you are currently looking at it in. Like the Lewis, the chiropractor, like sometimes you look at him as a friend, other times you look at him as like an angel character. Right. or Which is even said in the movie. Right. And then other times you look at him as non-existent. Like is he just a manifestation of the people trying to save him in his head? Yeah. Like – I'm, I go back and forth with all that too. I mean, like just, and a lot of people didn't like this because it is detailed. The description is pretty much saying like, it's a telling of like PTSD mm-hmm. and also like a purgatory type of thing. And right. It's like, in a sense, it's the same thing. If you want to be creative like that. Right. Everything's laid out for you, but still watching it again, you still get that second guessing yourself. Like you watch it and you know what's going to happen and you know how it's going to end, but you're just like, oh, that's a good detail. That's a good red herring to really throw you off the set. Like if you didn't know what was going to happen, the end still kind of felt a little surprising, but in the end you felt a little cheap for it, but not – yeah, they also changed it up a few times too. Yeah. It's like they, I guess they lost funding for this. What was that? I know Jeremy probably would have researched this. But <laughs> what was it? New Line? Not New Line. Or Lions something. Uh, SFA. Uh, duh, duh, duh. But they pulled the funding back and then they changed a few things and like certain scenes weren't supposed to be what it was and they were going to reveal more. And then they're like, yeah, let's not make it too hokey and reveal like the actual demons. And, right. But And that's hard to do. Of course, your imagination always is going to be superior to what the production crew can put out there, especially back in the 90s, obviously. Nowadays, that mantra is thrown out the window completely. Like, they'll just make a digital thing and and show you the monster or the beast or whatever. It's like, they didn't, they uh, hinted at a lot. Like, starting back on the train station, like how Jeremy made mention in his write-up, you know, seeing the woman who was just like looking at him, it's like, yeah, he wasn't there. And it's like, I knew first off that he was in hell, you know, because like when he woke up, you know, after, you know, when he's got his book, you know, The Stranger, which I'll go into a little bit later. But I mean, it's pretty much a, a story about a person who's trying to cope with dying as well or the loss of emotion. Like he goes to see his mom's funeral or so. And like, but he's not emotionally attached to the people around, like what the place that he once left is not the same place. And uh, so it's, you know, and people are kind of like, I don't know if you want to say gaslighting, but saying something along the lines of like, why aren't you like feeling anything for this? And but, right. yeah, but yeah, I knew he was in hell because he was a mailman. <laughs> you know, so 
But yeah, no, when he, he wakes he was up. in hell when all those people were pouring ice on him in that tub. Yeah. Those when he wakes big up. Ice cubes. <laughs> when he wakes up on the train, you know, and like he clutches his his heart, the, the place that he where got the stabbed. Was, yeah. yeah. And then like he looks up at the signs. Yeah. Right. And then the second one, well, the first one was like in New York, Big Apple, or whatever. And the apple is pretty much, he's gaining the knowledge with the apple. And then he looks right next to that. And there's a, a sign for hell when he's in hell. All right. John. What what do you think was your main apprehension with the movie besides its speed? I was very confused for a while. Like, you know, Elizabeth Pena's character, like, and then he had, like, an ex-wife. So I was not sure, like, I was very confused what was real and what was not. Because, like I said, I knew he was having these hallucinations going into it. And I'm like, wait, what's real? What's fake? So I was very confused for a while. And I felt like it wasn't answering that for me and just making me more confused, which was making me distressed. Good. But I feel like yeah. that's the point of this movie <laughs> yeah. is to make me distressed. Right. And so make you question everything right. you're seeing. But I also wanted to punch that like receptionist lady when she was like, like clearly you have people that are crazy sometimes and you are not handling that properly. Right. With that. It's like, thanks a lot. Yeah. So this starts off with two helicopters coming in and you see the people in Vietnam, little platoon. So I was watching MASH. Yeah. So <laughs> helicopters are often called, you know, are these two helicopters? They're all. Helicopters are often called birds. So you see these two birds, which is like carrying the souls to the afterlife or so in Genesis 120. Uh, and God said, let the waters swarm with the swarms of living creatures and let birds fly above the earth across the expanse of the heavens. I, I saw them as like angels because they're carrying. They're going in and extracting the people. Were they? No. <laughs> well, they kind of did. So, yeah, you start off yeah. with the infantry platoon at the camp and all of a sudden movement in the trees. A few people start convulsing, maybe a chemical attack with gunfire. That was my first impression. Yeah, and you're implied to think it was potentially Agent Orange because it was Vietnam. Yes, and then, but it was actually some stuff that was in the food or, you know, as, as explained you learned later. That that's storyline number three at yes. this point. But we'll get into that. Tim Robbins, again, played by Jacob. Or, sorry. Jacob played by Tim Jacob Robbins. played by Tim <laughs> Robbins. And when Tim <laughs> Robbins was younger. He was a like, handsome man. Yes. And he kind of also does resemble, or I guess Macaulay Colgan kind of resembles Tim Robbins. Like that, that his mouth, his He's eyes, you know, kid. like, I'm like, you guys kind of casted well for that one. Yeah. The rest of the platoon, the Pruitt, Taylor, Vance, Paul, Eric Lassell. As, so does Paul as die Frank. in real life then? Or is that a hallucination? When his car explodes? It's all it's pretty hard. much in his mind. Everything yeah. that that's you why, see with the people are. That's my thought, but I still don't know, like, I don't know. I have a lot of yeah. questions still. What, what, what's the chances of a platoon of dudes from Brooklyn being all in the same place at the same time? It could happen. I mean, if they're well, stationed. Yeah. If they're stationed out of there, but like, you know, and they ended up just staying put. It happened in Captain America. Yeah. And maybe <laughs> they all were, you know, like the, the veterans or whatever affairs. Wow. Whatever, whatever. You just, just want a place play. that they had you to go to. You just want to prove me wrong. Okay. I do kind of. I okay. want to give a little bit of an exception here. But okay. Yeah. After that, we wake up on the train. We see the the signs, but yes. we also see our first glance that things in Jacob's head might not be particularly perfect. Right. But then we get our first kind of fork in the road, where it are these visions that Jacob's seeing are these. PTSD issues or are these manifestations of a different kind? They're both. Well, we don't know that at this point. Let's go chronologically through the movie if we're going to go right. through. 
I'll go back to that first sign. So the first sign it reads, New York, maybe a crazy town, but you'll never die of boredom. Enjoy. <laughs> I like how That's, matter-of-factly it is. Yeah. And boredom sounds like bodom, which is mankind. Welcome to New York. Get fucked. Thank you. Yeah, so again, he's a letter carrier, so he is a messenger. And although he wasn't really good at delivering the messages, he was he's trying to pick them up. Yeah. He was getting his his outgoing, as you would say. So a male receiver. Nice. I wonder if Jeremy liked the many uses of Dutch angles. Because starting off, there was just like Dutch angle, Dutch angle, Dutch angle. When we saw yeah. air, there was a conversation between Marlon Wayans and Matt Damon. And they did the yeah. weirdest angle. And Jeremy was like, just like, <laughs> what angle? <laughs> he is very... Um, that's weird coming from me, saying he's very analytical. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway, so we had three different colored shoelaces that represents blue, 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 blue. Right. Yes. <laughs> I already said that. A weird thing is he notices was that old lady on the subway staring at him. I think she thought that she was just staring at it like a ghost or something like that. Yeah. So maybe this part is sort of real in the purgatory sense, but it's also uh, part of his mind, too. Right. Then you see like the burnt homeless looking guy on the subway. Looks like he has a tail tucked under his leg, yeah. his coat, and very devilish, you know, could, could be like a demon. Yeah. So, and he's underground, so that could say that much as well. Right. He's trying to get off on Bergen. Bergen is the seat of the seven mountains. There's many biblical references to the seven, the feast, the sins, the loaves of bread, etc. Uh, what I also liked about this is like when he finally exits the train, he has to go up a few stairs and back down. He has to- Different exits, yeah. Yes. And that are all blocked. Yes. But there's only one path that he is able to take to get out of that, which means like a lot of people like they, they try to avoid their issues. They try to avoid their problems. And what Jacob needs to do is he has to face the light. He has to go through, go into the tunnel. And that's his only way of finding that reprieve. Yeah. Putting his life in danger. Yes. He has to jump off the, into the, on the rails and walk out. And he does see like a, a, a train coming at him and it's like these crazy souls. And then you get to see the ferryman, which is, I have something there, a character in which I am writing a story for is going to be very much like this, you know, the, the Heron or Karen in the underworld, the one who carries the dead across the ferry sticks, the ferry stick, the, the river the sticks. sticks, the river sticks, the ferryman who carries these souls across the river sticks. And I'm actually casting, which is already casted with a, an actor we know. I don't know if you worked it's with not me. Walter? You worked with Walter, no? Yeah. Yes, kind of-ish. Yeah. Almost Well, ish. I mean... We're cast with Walter. <laughs> I was in the, the room with him. <laughs> he was right there. And we are in a future project together. So the shower raining down on him, it transfers into another war zone where he's being rained on. And there's like a spider web above him. And the spider web is a symbol of Jacob's entrapment and purgatory. It represents his inability to escape his own mind and memories. It's also a metaphor for the web of deceit that surrounds Jacob as he tries to uncover the truth about his past and present. The web is also a metaphor that everything is connected in these four narrations. That being the present, Vietnam, other world, and the past with Gabe. So he has pretty much two past, his past with him and his past without, if you want to call, yeah. uh, with his fuck, Pena, Elizabeth Pena. Pena. Jeze Jezebel. Jezebel. Thank you. Jezebel. Tom Hanks was actually supposed to be one of the people who are going to play Jacob. Yeah. Oh, really? Richard Gere, Dustin Hoffman, Al Pacino was also considered. <laughs> but uh, there's a few 
who were supposed to play Jesse, which was Demi Moore, Madonna, Julia Roberts, and Jennifer Lopez. But and it, uh, what I thought was kind of cool is Elizabeth Pena was one of the first people, well, was the first person to audition or the first person that they saw. And she was a person who was casted for that out of like what one of 300 people. It's like right on. This is one of the first movies that also used like the shaking head, like the, the yeah. jittered type of people, the distorted images and layers of creepiness, which I think they called twitchers in this. But it's also roughly, well, actually hardly linked with um, Silent Hill. Silent Hill pulled a lot from this movie. Absolutely. Yeah. So uh, especially in the third one, you see Heather is also looking in Bergen train station on the third Silent Hill, which is this location mm-hmm. in the Bergen station. Yeah. Yeah. So after, after he gets off the train, goes home, meets Jezebel, finds a load of pictures mm. that his kid, Eli, another Colonel, biblical, can you forget his name, Eli, another biblical Eli, reference. dropped Cause, off because he lie, and uh, looking through the pictures and we see we see our poor dead son Macaulay Culkin. What's his name? Gabe. Gabe, and. Jezebel gets mad, takes all the pictures, throws them away, burns him. Put him in the incinerator. I was like, that was a dick hey. move. But <laughs> not the picture of Gabe. Gabe goes in the wallet, safe and sound. So Gabe means God is my strength, and his strength is weakened by his self-blame, his guilt. He feels like he's kind of not necessarily the one that, who caused it, but the one who didn't stop the death of his own son. And, yeah, the pictures are his memories, and she ends up incinerating it. It's supposed to be something comforting, but she took it away from him. Or at least most of it. So Jezebel, the name Jezebel from the Bible, uh, she was a princess in the book of Kings. She is pretty much the cause of the collapse of Israel. And Jezebel was the sinful part of him. And well, for Jacob was the sinful part of him. She causes him to cling to mortal life and even incinerates the belongings, which are pretty much his memories. And much like the biblical Jezebel, she encourages him to lead away from the truth. So she's pretty much like, stay here with me, stay here with me. She's trying to pull him right. in and, Jezebel is actually an insult. It means shameless or morally morally unrestrained. I also like um, the philosopher Plato and Plato's symposium. His representation of Orpheus was a coward who mocked the gods by visiting Hades to get his love back instead of choosing to die to be with her. So he could have died to be, sorry, the, are you familiar with Plato's symposium? Mm-hmm. All right. So Orpheus was actually a singer and Jacob's singer. That's kind of like awesome. He's trying to go back to the dead, you know, to, to see his son. I can't bring people <laughs> back from the dead. But yeah, Orpheus was the mythical Thracian bard, Jacob Singer, who lost his child Gabe. So yeah, he's he's borderlining on the living and the dead while he's dying in a Vietnamese triage camp. Also, going back to the train, just remember the part when he goes to the end of the train and there's like this little window with like all these little coins stuck in the glass. I don't. It's on the train. Yeah. Coins are supposed to be symbolic to paying the ferryman to right. lead you across. Right. So almost every time you, you see money, there is something close to death. So going back to, to Heron or Karen, the ferryman who leads the dead over to the river sticks, which is actually a prime figure to one of the next movies. And I already said that. The use, so yeah, going back to the coins. Sorry. I've, I'm all jumbled here with my notes here. Uh, so when he's waiting on the bus, because Lonnie made you go in chronological. Yeah. <laughs> Coins were used as the payment for the ferryman to cross the river. You make him go in chronological. Well, I mean, it only makes sense to go chronological <laughs> with the movie. So if you look at all the people who are on that that train, you know it might count out to whatever. And then when you see the other coin on the ground, 
he bends down to pick it up, but the coins are kind of gravitated to the people who are dead. And that's when his friend blows up. Mm-hmm. So it kind of like shoots over to where his friend is in the car. Gotcha. Bow. I don't remember that. Must have been right before his off or something. The other guy. <laughs> I only had to pause this movie three times to jerk off. Oh. <laughs> I don't know why you had to pause it. It had good spank bang material in it. Well, that's what Peony got me all riled up. She does little, that. Little nipples. She's a. They're she's very she's definitely my bike nipples. Some of those ranks. There. It was uh, very nice. Very nice. No one blamed you. So where are we now? We're on the train. Getting off we're off the train, train now. We're off the train. Yeah. <laughs> We go, uh, next, uh, next thing we see, uh, no, we're past the train. We run back to Jezebel. We see Jezebel. We see the flowers or we see the pictures. We burn the pictures. Then we go, uh, we see, we see him being the worst postman ever bringing burger and fries into the post office. That's what they do. If yeah. It's close by. But then he's like, oh, I'm going to, I got to go. My back hurts. I got to go see, see the guy where Jezebel is trying to distract him, trying to not get him to leave threatening his job but i find it kind of weird too that jacob sort of dreams of his own future in a part kind of it's it's like that that realization that your life flashing before your eyes but you have that temporary realization that i think oh i'm dead you know how like when especially when it comes to religion when you grow up in a religion and you have all these sort of ideas of like you know how like most Christians no, or whatever who say, I have no idea what that's like. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, most sarcasm, Christians who have like a sort of, sarcasm? Uh, what do you want to call it? Like a near death experience. Right. And they're like, well, I saw pearly gates and a figure. It's like, yeah, that's because that's what you're conditioned to. Right. You know, no other people who are outside of that religion sees that. If you go to, you know, Hindus, they see something else with other gods and goddesses right. and stuff. If you go to, you know, uh, Middle East, they might see Allah and all that. So it's like when he was dreaming and he woke up with, uh, was it Sarah, his ex-wife? Ex-wife, yeah. Sarah, yeah. After and the, he said something along tube. the lines of like he had a horrible dream that he was with that the, he, the clerk from the post office that he works with. Yeah. And, and yeah. he was he had a morning wood. Yes. And she's <laughs> like, I thought it was a horrible dream or something. He's yeah. like, oh. Yeah. It's so horrible Awful. with her sexy <laughs> thighs. And but I think it's something like that when it comes to like, you know, Maybe it is something that was ingrained into his mind. Right. And then as upon dying, when your mind is sort of searching for or trying to hold on to certain glimmers of something. Right. And since that guilt is burrowed so deep into like his being that he's trying to find that one way out and whatever feels easy or feels nice, feels good. It might not always be the right path, but he's finding some sort of comfort here. Yeah. So he's dreaming of Jezebel. Did that make sense to you? Yeah. But like, well, I guess I don't understand if all this stuff is in his head. Like, where did the, where did this come from? You know what I mean? Like, how do you dream that you have this whole life after? Because he's dead. Well, how do you interpret the ending, I guess, first? Is he dead on yeah. the field, right? He's in not dead. He's dying. So this is actually, and what I really liked about this movie as well is because I fucking wrote this movie in a sense. <laughs> you know, like... Look at luggage and layover. It operates under the same premise as this. It's like the person – I'm going to give it away. If you guys have not seen luggage and layover, which is on our short E E films page. So the guy gets his neck slit, and as he's dying, I use the idea of like as you're dying, sleep is the little sister of death. So it's very much connected. Are the cousin. 
Yeah, you can sleep with your cool. cousin. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but like, so as he's dying, he's trying to use that opportunity, that glimmer to go into his love's dream to save her and, and which he does. So it's like, you know how if you cut off a chicken's head, they still have like seven seconds of movement or brain activity or something like Terrifying. that. Terrifying. But it's like yeah. when you're asleep, you can have like a, a two hours of, of, you know, a dream, a two hour dream in like 10 minutes. So it's like time isn't linear while you're asleep. Right. It's like your I guess I just don't know of, where these characters came from. Like I really thought that this was going to end where he would just like snap and kill himself because he's had all these hallucinations, like they all were hallucinations. But then it, like I interpreted it as he's dying and all these things are in his head. Like his life's flashing before his eyes, but like his future life is flashing before his eyes, like post yes. the war. And then well, all of a sudden, I, I just, I don't know. That's where I'm confused. I feel like the part with Jezebel is all already a mental construct. The part with Gabe, Gabe already passed before he joined the military and he was already okay. removed from his, uh, you know, so he was able to return to the times with this sinful part with Jezebel and also the memories that he holds on to uh, that is encaged in his guilt with his living son at the moment. So he's trying to unlock that and make peace with that. So I really went back and forth on like, is this stuff that's happened before he went to war? Is this stuff he's happened after, you know? And then, like I said, I got confused at the ending. Right. So I was like, wait, that didn't answer my question really. At least to me, it didn't. The Archangel Michael was one of the ones who defied and defeated Satan. And Michael here was the one who was the cure to the drug. So Michael, the guy who – the scientist – or not the scientist, but the chemist, the military chemist. Louis – The latter drug. Yeah, Louis, the chiropractor who Louis looks like an angel. He was the one who fixed him, who gave him the grounding, allowed him to walk, cured his spinal pain. And the spine is also like a ladder in itself. So it's pretty much climbing the ladder so you can get back into to things. The, one of the first clear Bible references was him talking about the biblical names of, well, pretty much the names. Yeah. So obviously this is biblically based, the name of the movie itself, the, yeah, the, I, I don't think the you got to The name of the drug was the latter. The latter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Danny Aiello, the chiropractor, Louie, his job is to straighten things out, deep adjustment, to clear things up, angelic, all dressed in white, an overgrown cherub. <laughs> Would you guys like to take a syringe to their forehead? No, I do. I have to. That kind of cringed me. I, I have to like, do it thirty-one times on next Tuesday. Why? I get Botox for my migraines. Jeez. Nice. You look great. Nice. Hottest why, forehead. Why can't, the last time you'll wink at us for a week and a half. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> I'll go to wink and my whole forehead will be. Huh. <laughs> have you guys seen uh, Christmas with the Cranks? No. With no. Tim Allen. Oh my god, movies. dude! He gets Botox. And he's trying to eat like these peaches, and it's just like. <laughs> I'll show you before we film. Is that the in the trailer? Episode. I feel like I've seen that part. Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> the, the trailer's like 20 years old. This does remind me a lot of work, especially when I was working on, on a different route. It's like when people were uh, singing at you, like, the, hey, Mr. Postman. It's easy. That was that funny. One. I was like, yeah. kind of, I was like, hey, Mr. Postman. And then it was stuck in my head for like 10 minutes. Uh, yeah. I get See, that. Or men the, get catcalled too. Yeah. yeah. Ladies. They're like, yeah, yeah. I was with a friend at the baseball game, and they were talking about how their pants and whistling at these baseball players and mailmen. People are always coming up to me like, you got a package for me? I'm like, ma'am, calm down. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, but you're going to be sadly depressed from the government. (laughs) The ice scene, John, you mentioned, 
roughly yeah. the ice scene. So as he was kind of terrible, his temperature was rising. As an well, actor, I mean, you he had skipped a, over the whole thing, like the whole demon. Okay, part we'll go back to the party. The we'll go back to the party where the demon the, fucks at the least girl. Talk or whatever about the, the part where, yeah, his girlfriend gets fucked by a demon. He gets told he's actually dead. Yes. Like the first like confirmation that he's actually dead. So he goes to this party with uh, Jezebel and one of his first interactions in this area is this blanket that's over this nest or nest, call it a this blanket? cage. And it's, there's a crow that's in there and the crows are omens. Then it goes to the staircase, which is another ladder or it's synonymous with a ladder. He ascends in this movie. It's overkill. He ascends the staircase. And then uh, Elsa, look- the palm reader, she's pretty much like, you know, this, your, your lifeline, you know, you're already dead. You dead, baby. You, you dead, baby. <laughs> and then he comes out and he wigs out. And a lot of that scene was sort of cut. It's not all the, what was in the script, I guess. Yeah. But I think it turned out then once he gets home, he pretty much has like this little fever and uh, things start to elevate. He goes into the, or gets carried into like the bathroom and laid into this. <laughs> I wanted to make a video. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, <laughs> of you in the bathtub? I, I wanted to make a video of um, of him like laying in the bathtub, like, <laughs> and then like Kevin McAllister. Yes, <laughs> but I see what I see. Where would they get all that ice? Like, no way that all their freezers had all that ice. Probably no. The North Pole. North wow. Pole. Yes, they had bags of ice, and that lady had like a bowl of ice. They were in New York, of- and it hit him right in the dick. Yeah, that's how to get a guy's temperature to go down real quick. Then the paint can hit him in the dick. (laughs) Yes, hit him in the dick with ice. But But like as an actor, though, there's like ten people over him, and they're like, "Calm down." There's fucking ten people over me pouring ice on me. Pouring ice on me, holding me underwater. You want me to calm the fuck down? down? One of them's an old lady, like praying in Swedish (laughs) over me. Tim Robbins, calm the fuck down. Tim Robbins is laying in that. I'm never fucking calm. (laughs) Facts. He's laying in that pool or in that tub. You know, with all this ice in front of all these other people, I'm like, you know, it's small. So. <laughs> I'm pretty sure this stagehand's giving me a handy over here. You want me to calm down? It's like, you don't need a fluffer if you got Elizabeth Pena in front of you. It's like, we're good. <laughs> we're good. You fluffed me last. So the so that brings up a thing. If if he's supposed <laughs> to bring up a thing. <laughs> if he <laughs> he's supposedly in hell and he, he gets the ice bath, technically the the baptism. And he goes back to one of the baptisms. He goes back to bed with his wife. He goes back to that world with Sarah. Yeah, yeah. she she makes makes a line in that part where, you know, like you get all those demons, and he was burning from ice. Sarah, his wife, says it's a guilty thought. Guilt can cause someone to act irrational. These demons, and I was on fire. I was burning from ice. Guilty thoughts. So yeah. And then he goes through a day and goes to the hospital and gets stabbed in the forehead and then wakes up back up in the pool of water. I liked the hospital because it keeps on showing his guilt. The symbol of his guilt is pretty much the bike. It was in like this. And the hospital isn't necessarily – did you like those breasts, John? The hospital breasts? They were fine. Okay. (laughs) There's some lady in a cage trying to feed a doll. Yeah, it was weird. The doll threw me off. We need to have that segment in the movie reviews if the movie has boobs and it's like John's corner. John, what oh, are these I'm all boobs? for this. These boobs. Bonus. Seven. John's jiggly thoughts. So yeah, the transition after he dreamed of the past and woke up from the the tub, sort of back into his nightmare or the present. 
The doctor says you must have friends in high places. Then it transitions to a helicopter in the sky waiting to take him to the sick bay triage, the wings in the sky. That's pretty much the angels. So he called it a nightmare. It wasn't so much of a nightmare that there was all these demons and living demons and living with Jezebel. It was a nightmare because it was a reality that Gabe was no longer with him. And so everything seemed to be a demon because he couldn't learn to cope or accept it. So it's like, and also kind of going back to what Louis said, which we'll find the line here. We'll probably play it in here. But it's like things only look like they're demons because you're holding on to all this. But once you accept it and let it go and stuff, it's really just angels. Right. So, yeah, play that clip. Play that clip. Play that beautiful bean footage. If you're frightened of dying and, and you're holding on, you'll see devils tearing your life away. But if you've made your peace, then the devils are really angels freeing you from the earth it's just a matter of how you look at it that's all okay and then uh jason alexander yeah comes up next is that where you're going <laughs> <laughs> he says i don't know you this from adam director has a lot of good boobs in his movies now that i'm looking <laughs> sorry i got real distracted with my boob segment over here. <laughs> so jason alexander plays the the lawyer the they're trying to get their He's like, you know, what, what do they drug us with? Like, he's under the impression that they were drugged. Uh, some of the people are sort of agreeing with it, but I think well, a lot of the PTSD is not. And this them is to come after out. they all get together after their friend Paul, the Pruitt Vance, contacts Jacob to tell him something's going on, blah blah blah, and then gets blowed up. Yes, gets his car blowed up. up. Gets straight blowed the fuck up. I like how that actor does, does that, that. I think does that yeah. free willy. He's like, I love you, but his eyes are. Boom. Hey, you looking at me? <laughs> well, we had that moment. Me and my brother had that moment the other night. It when we, were, when we were working on the boat, we sunk, going into places trying to figure it out. And the fucking poor guy, I'm not going to mention where at because I don't want to out him, but he had two lazy eyes and we couldn't take two? him seriously. Two. And How was he, the other one? One was up here. One was over here. And we didn't know who he was talking to. So neither of us paid very close attention. Felt like a horrible person, but... That's so, yeah. what made me think of him. Thanks for making me a horrible person. <laughs> Back like when the needle goes into the head, uh, yeah, right before the operation in the into his brain. So you got like the hallway of horrors, the piles of dismembered hands, and the fearful ones unable to reach peace, the caged deformities, and the sick parts of one's soul locked away because they have no path forward. He has a path, but like he's so hesitant to take that because he's so attached to his guilt because it's just. It's what has made him broken. And I think a lot of people who join the military, like, can be yeah. off-hinged. Oh, it's like, absolutely. There's a few people that I've served with who was like, you are, like, I know you want to go and do something. Like, you have something pent up. It's like, yeah, I'd rather you release that on somebody not us. <laughs> right. But somebody not And that's us. what I was, I was curious to get your perspective on. If someone who is a, is a veteran, how, how they represented the the actual treatment of veterans in this movie. There are some people who have, I don't know, it's hit or miss. I've never really used the veterans hospitals when I have to go in, and I usually don't go in often. Um, yeah, brag it up, Mister Healthy. Walk it all. Yeah, drink water, you'd be all right. But no, I mean, some people swear by it, and some people say it's probably the worst thing out there. And it's all just kind of dependent on what you get and who you get, or what you have and who you get. But yeah, no, it doesn't do as much. And I think there has been changes recently. I would have to look into that. I'm not as tip top on 
the military news as far as when it comes to mental health. Yeah. And I know they didn't do too much when I was in. It's just like, you know, take a, take a sick day and show back up. Rub know? some dirt on it and yeah. get back out Rub there. Rub some dirt on it. There are a lot of people who on. abuse the system, which, well, I mean, uh-oh. it's like they'll have a stubbed toe or something like that and try to get the max disability for something like that. It's like, okay, cool. It's like, I mean, I, I got kind of fucked up too. I, mean, I don't know if I have like hearing loss here and there, but I, as we grew, I think everybody pretty much gets it. But it's like, yeah, I've worked with like loud equipment as a mechanic and doing other demonstrations and stuff. But um, yeah, I got shit. I didn't get anything. They just signed my release and yeah. Be on your way. Have fun. Thank you for your service. So Jezebel, she shows up in that operating table. And I think that kind of, because she was sort of working on his mind. And I mean that physically and uh, not literally the other way, (laughs) the not physically way. So she kind of like distorted his reality. Metaphorically. Thank you. (laughs) I was like, is that what you're trying to say? (laughs) Then um, I guess when they were writing this too, it also works a lot with Buddhism too. And yeah, because this movie was so highly influenced by the Tibetan book of the dead, which is one of the most popular books in Buddhism, Tibetan, especially, I probably have maybe five copies myself of the book of the dead, the Tibetan book of the dead, primarily a tome of experience on the human conscious and how it connects through death and rebirth or the cycle of samsara. I want to give like a brief description because I think this might also help you with your, like the confusion part of this. Maybe. Um, so <laughs> the essence we'll of Buddhism or they pretty much start with like the four noble truths. So you got Dukkha, Samudaya, Naroda, and Marga. So Dukkha is suffering. Samudaya is understanding the origin of suffering, which is desire, which is Jezebel or lust. So, and Naroda is the understanding, the ending of suffering by renunciation. You let go of these things that take over your mind, your comfort, your peace. That releases the bind of suffering. Marga is the path, the noble eightfold path, right view, intention, speech, action, livelihood, effort, mindfulness, meditation. So like that's pretty much the four noble truths in a nutshell. It's like understand that like all realms of existence is a realm of suffering. So even in his own mind, like he is suffering and then it's like desire with anything, not necessarily um, lustful, like how Jezebel is, but like if you have an interest in something, it's like you have this want or attachment to it. But if you rid yourself of that attachment, you find your peace. And that's pretty much the Hmm. basics of Buddhism 101. The evil doctor who's administering the operation, I think is symbolic to the cold, hard truth. So he doesn't like sugarcoat anything. He's like, yeah, you're dead. You know, you came here, you know. So he's got the straps, the metal, the lack of emotion. He only wants to tell him how it is. And Jacob is unable to escape that reality. Like 19 more notes here. So yeah, the angel... Louis, only he is 19? only 19. I'm sorry. <laughs> I can try to write some shit up. Oh, oh, you're good. Yeah. Just keep doing you, buddy. So his guardian angel, Louis, he comes in ready to throw down. Like when he's uh, in that other hospital, he's like, you know, what the fuck? You know, kicking over tables, bottles and cans. Just clap your hands. Jig to jag. Yes. Jacob shows up. We should immediately just start talking about Jacob's ladder again. Like we never <laughs> done stop. <laughs> so, and that is 396 <laughs> or whatever number he said. Uh, the golden eagle, eagle box, the golden eagle box, uh, it's a symbol of spiritual freedom. So he opens it and grabs his army light, illuminating the past before he goes to the documents and pictures, the rounds being his internal struggle, the bullets, you know, the, the rounds, the friendships. And what caliber do you think those were? Nine. I, I actually don't remember what they looked like. Five, six. They were huge. Were they? Yeah. Seventeen. They were probably like, <laughs> Yeah. 
Good question. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so, Why yeah, is he it his... when I, I propose a question, you guys are like, hmm, don't know, don't care, next. I'm sorry. It's well, not I didn't you. know. I don't know. know. I don't know shit about Fuck ammo. It, so. Go on. Whatever. What? Yeah. Ammo <laughs> round. So no, he had to sit and open his box, which is pretty much his mind. You know, yeah. he's trying to free himself. So releasing memories. And that's the source that's been hiding at the bottom, which is the the memory or the bond, the letter from his son Gabe. The images in the mirror, the demon he is reflecting on. You know, so like he sees that shadow when he looks in the mirror, or that not, well. The movement, and he's Jewish, I guess. So, what is Shalom. what is that? Shalom. Okay, cool. And yeah, we said that the, the latter was a drug, and all the subway ads were anti-drug ads. Did you guys see that? Have you ever rode on a subway? That's nothing. I've eaten. It's not subway. anti-drug. <laughs> Everything is anti-drug yeah. on a yeah. subway. So I mean, Besides like it's the people on the it subway. Reveals yes, it. The, that is the that's, most ironic part. That's what I like about this movie is because like it reveals it the whole time. It's like when he opens his eyes from you know the very first time on the subway, and it's like don't do drugs and all this and drugs, drugs, drugs and all that. You know, like right. it's like that is what it is. You know, that is right. the, the 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 essence, the epitome. The yeah. But you don't know that he doesn't know that either. So that's a subconscious thing. Not even he knew. He just knew his friend killed him. Yes. Yeah. Was it his friend or was it just a somebody who I think was, it was just a guy? That, I think it was yeah, two station platoons. Like, yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, I don't know if they actually knew each other. It's, yeah. it's a buddy. I, I, I don't know. It's I, a peer. I would think if you're that close in the trenches with somebody. But yeah, so Michael, the chemist who tried meeting up with him and you know pulled him aside, he saved him from the the wreckage. I really like that. The, certain people, certain actors, when they try to play it off like an explosion or something like that, and it's like. His disorientation in that is like, wow, okay, yes. Like, I'm buying this. He is, like, his movements is just, like, so, uh, like, he's out of it, you know? Right. And I don't know if it has anything to do with, like, actually being, you know, was it that practical? Was it, boom? Tim Robbins is legally deaf now. <laughs> Tim Robbins is legally awesome. So, yeah, well, uh, Michael is explaining the whole thing, how they were experimented on Charlie with like taste of high dosages. And in the background, you can sort of hear like the helicopters. And I feel like he's getting, yeah, this is kind of also confusing. It's like, he knows what's up, but he's yeah. never told what's up. I wonder if some of this stuff is being talked about while he is on the triage. Like, is he taking in information and is it coloring his memories or his imagination in real time? So Michael in the Bible was a messenger angel who fought against Satan and his demons. I think I've already said a lot of that. Mm -hmm. uh, he was supposed to be the voice of the archangel that sounded the Lord's return. The Michael of Jacob's ladder was definitely swooping in to save Jacob and offer the message that Jacob has been seeking. Good on you, Michael. Good on you, Michael. Michael. Thanks, Michael. Michael. Thanks for get, saving our butts a couple times. Yeah, Michael also spoke. You, it was brother against brother in the New Testament. Jesus warned that in the end times, brother will deliver brother over to death, and the father his child, and the children will rise against parents and have them put to death. Matthew 10, 21 and Mark 13, 12. So Chicago. Paul also cautioned the believers not to sin against their brothers by wounding their weak consciences. And Esau, the brother of Jacob, he threatened to kill Jacob for taking his blessing, but Jacob made amends after wrestling with an angel. Maybe here Jacob is wrestling with Michael's explanation, which helps his ability to release this holding. So once he has the information of the knowledge, the apple, he's able to understand a little bit more. It's like he's been so discombobulated this entire time trying to figure out what is actually real. But once it is laid out and made sense for him, he's able to, like, 
don't know if you want to say have peace, but have a direction of which to go now. So biblically, Jacob had a dream about the ladder after fleeing from his brother, Esau. The ladder is significant for each individual's personal journey, and the angel ascending and descending signifies divine assistance and guidance, as Jacob Singer got both with Michael and Louis. Louis Anderson? Louis Anderson. <laughs> Garzero, the taxi driver, one of the last people that we, we get to see here. Yeah. He's the one who took him home. So the source of that name comes from the Spanish or Italian origin, which is another name for Heron, which is a bird, or Heron, that which is a bird. It could symbolize serenity, wisdom, or the path to heaven. Also, Heron sounds like another mythological character, Heron. That's where I was going with that. Sometimes pronounced Heron, depending on the source, who is a mythological ferryman who takes the lost souls across the river Styx, as said in the beginning of this review. It was dark and wet, much like the underworld Heron resides. So all the stairs, he goes up the subway stairs, it's blocked. He must come back down, face the light. He goes up the stairs to be told his life line shows he's already dead. Then goes down the stairs to witness the demonic display. He goes up the stairs to discuss the happenings with his battle buddies on the roof and learns the knowledge that they all feel similar. He goes down the stairs, chasing the lawyer to find out he doesn't have a case. Like every time it's, it's up and down, it's up and down, like pretty much... The ladder. Jacob's ladder. Whoa. That's what it should be called. I agree. I think Sam, the bellhop on this, I, he, he might be like the St. Peter, you think? Mm -hmm. He yeah. opens the pearly gates. You want me to take you up there? Carry me. Carry. So when he returns to his original home, his wife, Sarah, looking for the family, he's like, I made my family disappear. I made my family. Never mind. Okay. But seriously, he walks into the living room and, and there's like a table dressed with homework. There's a pie and other food, apple, and the books are symbols of knowledge as with the table as well. That could also symbolize mental tools as though he finally has made peace and let go of his suffering. The slowing of the heartbeats right before the ladder is revealed to him. In this case, the staircase as the angel of Gabe guides him up. He says, have you had enough or are you ready for some more? No, he didn't. Uh -huh. <laughs> You want to give up or are you thirsty for As the credits roll, I like how Jacob is there with Gabe and both of their bikes. Like he ends up guiding Gabe across the street. Like the thing that he could not fix or be there for is what he finally ends up doing at the end of the credits there. It's like he actually walked him across the street. He saved him mm -hmm. from being ran over. Isn't a kid getting hit by a truck the saddest way for a child to die in movies? No. I think a kid getting their head no, you're like, just wrong. Don't even finish the sentence. Have you seen <laughs> Mathrigan? <laughs> Megan. <laughs> Mathrigan? So our human unconscious mind, where we recognize patterns. Sequel should be called Maforgan. Maforgan. <laughs> and where dreams and thoughts derive and shape our character, certain philosophies or models of thoughts such as Buddhism and Jungian research suggest that this part may be activated upon dying. That That's how it was kind of like putting this together as like, yeah, you fucking wrote this movie with luggage and layover, but it uses the exact same thing. The James Brown funk song, My Thank, heard during the Rackus party. Uh, that was actually on James Brown's 1974 album called Hell. Very nice. Very nice. He's just so good at this. Bruce Joel Rubin. He also wrote Ghost. Was there boobs in that one other than Swayze's? I don't know. I, I don't saw so. Ghost a very, very long time ago, but he directed Unfaithful. Oh. Which has some nice boobs. So and the very deep water, if you haven't seen that recently, it's fine. It's a little too close to home for me, but Ana de Armas is naked and 
I think that's something we all need to see. Who's Armor Day Honest? He sounds well, nice. Excuse me? Only the hottest chick in the world? Are Is that going to be your are second? You gonna, are you going to send me pictures? I will. They, I'm she's worried. in... Uh, fuck. She's in... Is that uh, Clooney's the, wife? No, oh. it's the... Uh, oh. Instead of whoa, Knives Out, oh, um, she's in Knives Out. She's in the, the new seven. James Bond. Okay, so my last Two note here. I will never watch. My last note here. Knives Out is awesome. At the very end, and on the in the triage camp where they finally give up on him, they're like, you know, he's gone, he's dead. Uh, they make the line of like, he looks kind of peaceful. The guy put up a hell of a fight, though. He's gone. He looks kind of peaceful. The guy. Put up a hell of a fight, though. He made his peace through hell. So it's like what he was wanting was finally released. And then he hit him with a pink. Yes. <laughs> and then it was all over. They got, they feathered him. Tar feathered. Sorry, I was looking down <laughs> the arm. Yeah, so what would you guys change on this? I John, would make the ending more with clear. Come on, they me. even gave you a, an explanation at the end. No. With the, with the GX drug. Yeah. Look, I would have had more nipples. You needed more? I need Tim Robbins nipples. Why are Tim Robbins nipples? I know. He was I need... shirtless. Partial. Sorry. It's very distracting. His on Armas's nipples are on my screen I right now. I can't even see her face. You're just right looking there. at her. Okay. Well, we zoomed <laughs> in. She looks like Alicia Dushku. What's her name? Kind of in that photo yeah. she does. She's also in War Dogs. It was a great movie. Huh. Is that the um, Nicolas Cage one? No. What am I thinking of? I know what you're thinking of, but I don't know what he's thinking of. Or Arms of War or whatever. Warm, yeah, something. No, War Dogs is with Jonah Hill and uh, Miles Teller. Okay. What I would change, I <laughs> wouldn't really change much in this movie. Like, I really like the storytelling. I like to pick things apart, obviously. Like, I fucking got a lot from this. I don't know. It was a it was a fun watch if you have the patience for it. Yeah. Yeah, you definitely have to have the patience. How for could it. you get it to a 10? Why, why 9.5? Yeah, why is 9.5 in here? There wasn't... Did you not hear John's little you comment? Wanted more nipples? Yes. <laughs> oh, she was. She's in that. That's from the Keanu Reeves movie. No, this is from Deep Water with Ben Affleck on Hulu. Oh, we're not. We're not talking about this movie. James <laughs> Ladder. <laughs> oh. Sorry, I pulled on a Darmus's nipples. You pulled him in her accent. Mom, we're not talking about human nipple. We're talking about uh, milk bottles, mother. Yep. No, we're talking about Baby human bottles. areola and nipples. Anyway, uh, for me, they could have they could have been a little bit more obvious with some of the stuff, I guess, just for a more broad audience, <laughs> and I mean broad, very literally. <laughs> <laughs> broad. Um, but all in I'm all, I'm impressed I, you can keep going. I like I like the movie, uh, and uh. Uh, I think they did a terrible thing with the the 2019 remake with the remake of it. I think it really spawned a lot of people thinking, Hey, we can do this successfully. And, and no one did it right. There's been so many absolute horrible remakes. The, Pet they just need to stop. And that's the second worst remake I've ever seen in my life. It's fucking terrible. It is. I give that a BTP rating of zero negative four. Where did <laughs> Justin, we set you up for that. Justin furiously pounding the, the the board. It's not. I'm not getting any. I have no snare in my headphones. Da, do, I don't know. Just keep hitting buttons. I'm sure nothing bad can happen. <laughs> yeah, we probably can't hear it, but it's in the recording. <laughs> well, I'm not. I'm not getting any. Huh? Huh? That's weird. 
Anyway, shut us all down. And uh, I'm sure Jeremy would say pacing, and he'd want to change the actors like he always does. But uh, would you choose any of the people who are lined up, or did you think Tim Robbins was the perfect role? I love Tim Robbins. I think he was great. I think he did great in the role. I think anybody else had kind of changed the integrity of the movie a little bit. So I'd I'd leave Tim Robbins. Agreed. So next episode of the movie review, Justin, what do you got in the holster? I, Next, it needs to have nude scenes because we need to make this. Okay, this one, have, oh, this one does have. This one does have nudes. I am going to take it to Thailand. I I kind of does your no. does, does your sounds work first? Do we need to take a minute? I got nothing. <laughs> Hold on, let me try something real quick. Bum bum bum. Are, God damn it! Are you serious? I can't even pause it. Let's all go to the lobby because Justin needs to fix the soundboard. That this is not going to delete everything. Oh, no. <laughs> Do it again. Wrap it up again. Oh, no. No, I mean, like, no buttons are responsive. I can't even mute or, like, the sliders work, but nothing else. Am I getting louder? Am I getting louder? No. Boom. Nope, 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 nope. No. See? Duh. Uh-oh. And the... It's because you put a cover over it. Whew. One second. I... If it doesn't delete it, leave all of this in there. <laughs> all right. I don't know if this is going to work, but I'm probably going to have to force yeah. this off when we finish. But Shit. my next movie <laughs> is going to be an action sort of movie. An action movie? Is it a so, porno? Is it an action porno? It has. <laughs> is it an Asian action porno? Asian action porno. It is not an Asian action. Is it an action. AAP? <laughs> But it has Asian-esque. A-A-P-D-P? A-A-P-D-P-L-P? With a BBC? With a BBC? There is a BBC. And a FF? There is a BBC with Asian influences. Ooh. Wait, what? Is it LBGBDQ? Are we watching Rush Hour? No, there's no, it's not an Asian thing. There might actually be like one or two Asian. Yeah, there's a few Asian people in this one, but... This is my family reunion video. We would be like, what is it already? <laughs> the movie is 2012's Gung 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 Gun Rush Hour. <laughs> that was in 2012. When was Rush Hour? Kapil Kapish. He's in, uh, Chris Tucker's in that air movie and he's fucking awesome. And I told Jeremy, it, it's unfortunate he doesn't have a cameo because we would have totally paid for him to be like, Justin, what the hell are you talking about? Because <laughs> I would love to have Chris Tucker on the <clears throat> podcast. When right. you are getting into getting into your things, I'm right. really hoping this is going to save. But yeah, uh, our next movie review for BBT zero thirty was it two now already? Jeez, BBT with a big <laughs> rush hour. Nineteen ninety eight, by the way, <laughs> not two thousand twelve. <laughs> We're going to go a little bit further than that, but it's going to take Probably. it a lot before that. Does it, that make sense? Chapter two? No. Yes. Oh. Fucking get to it already. <laughs> We're doing <Fuck laughs> sakes. Two thousand and nines. Black Dynamite. Yay! There's lots of Asian people in Black Dynamite. There's a few of them. They're just a darker Asian. They're black anise. You can't say that. I can't do. Man, there's there's a lot of one-liners in this movie that is just hilarious. That isn't that Arsenio Hall in this movie? He is. There's a lot of like almost half the cast of In Living Color is in this movie. (laughs) 
And, you know, it's Michael Jai White, the guy who played Spawn for a lot of the people who don't know who Michael Jai White is. He does a lot of really awesome B-rated movies. What is, this isn't even streaming anywhere. <laughs> it is on... Uh, it's you're gonna have to pay like four dollars. Yeah, I'll give fuck? you guys four dollars here. Try to fucking pick a movie that's streaming. I know, but it's Black Dynamite. 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 So, that's that's how we're gonna roll that way. I want to try to shut this one off to see if this motherfucker's gonna save because <laughs> I don't know if it's gonna save. The soundboard sort of froze up, and I'm a little uh, worried. Teapot. Okay. Aborido. So. Thank you, guys. Stay tuned for the next episode of the Boundless Pot Trap. Hopefully it's not this episode again, <laughs> but faster. <laughs> uh, is that how we're ending this one? I'm going to try. Oh, and in case I don't see you, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. This concludes our broadcast day. Click.